0: The book of Revelation, chapter number 4. We certainly uh, desire your prayers. And I've struggled with how to organize this, how to lay it out. Uh, Our theme this week is the statement that's found in the last part of verse number 4. I'm sorry, verse number 1, chapter 4. And it is the last sentence. If you are able, follow me along this evening. After this, I looked in Revelation 4 and 1. And after this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a, of a trumpet with talking with me, which said, Come up hither and I will shew thee things which must be hereafter. The theme for this week is the statement hereafter, which things must be hereafter. And I've struggled with this because of the organization. I'd love to be able to have uh, enough time to be able to go through it all in one lesson, but we're, we're talking a whole lot of literature tonight. But if we can, before we get started, I'd like to just look at a couple of things in this verse tonight. If you've got your Bibles, go with me to the Gospel according to St. John, chapter number 10. The Gospel of John, chapter number 10. The Gospel of John, chapter number 10. Now, I say this respectfully. If you are not using a King James Bible, I cannot tell you that your Bible will follow along with the, some of the verses that I read this evening, some of these verses are omitted from other versions of the Bible. The Gospel of John, chapter ten. If you found that, will you say "Amen"? amen. Verse number uh, nine. The Bible says, and this is in words of red, and this is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. He's speaking, and He says, "I am the what's that word? Lord. The door." Remember back there in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 1, that we read in your hearing, and this is uh, the Apostle John. He said, After this I looked, and behold, what was it? A door door was opened in heaven. Can I tell you tonight that uh, Jesus spoke in verse number 9, and He said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Well, preacher, why are you telling us that tonight? Because Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by him. We see that the Apostle John, who is also called, uh, not necessarily in the Bible, but some songwriters have called him John the, somebody help me, John the Revelator. That's all right. That's all right. The Apostle John is also known as John the Revelator. Why, preacher? Is he known as John the Revelator? Because the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to John as John was there on the Isle of Patmos, there on that barren land, if you will. He was in exile and he was being punished. And John was there. And whenever that we find here in the book of Revelation. The, the writer John said. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So we know what day that was. And we know that John was not speaking by the flesh. We know that he was speaking by the spirit of God. He said after this I looked. And behold the door was open in heaven. The, and the first voice which I heard. Was as it were A trumpet. Talking with me, go with me to the book of First Thessalonians, chapter number 4 tonight, if you will. Uh, I'm, I want to try to make sure that we try to follow uh, the notes that I've got out. And I'm already getting off track, so you pray for us tonight, please. The book of First Thessalonians, chapter number 4. And hold your finger there, if you would. Let me find uh, one other place here. If I can grab that real quick, the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And then uh, if, you, if you've got that tonight, if you'd say amen tonight, that would sure help me. The book of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 and also the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Hold your finger in 1 Corinthians 15. We'll give you a minute to get there. 1 Corinthians 15. All right, if you found the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4. I want to reread cha- uh, the book of Revelation chapter 4 before I jump back in First Thessalonians. Revelation 4 and 1 said, After this I looked and behold the door was opened in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me. We see the colon there. Uh, we find in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number uh, 13 the Bible says, if you found that, say amen. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Let me clarify, uh, just if you were not here last night, the Bible does not teach in soul sleeping. But this scripture, if you were not maybe a student of the Bible... Would read that and say, Well, he just said, them that which are asleep. He's talking about in the body, he's talking about in the flesh. What does it mean when someone is asleep? Whenever the scripture says it means that they are dead, their body has been buried. We find in verse 14 for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus. Will God bring with him? Let me just edify just a little more on that thought for a moment if I can. If they were just sleeping in the grave, how could Jesus bring them with him? Where are they? Paul said, choosing rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When the Christian dies, the spirit and the soul returns to be in heaven with the Lord. Thank God for that. Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. That we which are alive. That you and I. And remain unto the coming of the Lord. Shall not prevent them which are asleep. Let's clarify one more point. We cannot stop them that are dead. Just because they've died. You and I that are alive. Do not take preference over them that have already went on before So Let me just simply stop right here. I had a dear great-grandmother, dear woman of God. She walked to church both ways, lived up in her high 70s, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and she was one of the old women of God. Maybe some of you don't understand what I mean by that. Uh, not some of these uh, new modern-day Christians. I mean, she had some shoe leather on her gospel. Amen. She's been dead. She's, her body's been buried in the grave for a long time. Her spirit and soul has been with the Lord. When the trumpet of the Lord is going to sound, I thank God I'm not going to stop her from getting up. You understand? We that are alive, we're going to have our turn. But them that are dead, they're going to have their turn first. Let's look at what the Word of God says. Let's reread verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Watch this. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the what? Trump "Trump of God. Let's stop right there a minute. Remember in the book of Revelation 4 1 when John was talking that a door was opened unto him in heaven what was that he heard that was talking unto him? A trumpet. Now look with me in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16 the latter statement and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Somebody might say preacher why are they raising first? I told the church last night because they're six foot lower than we are. That's not biblical, okay? That's a little bit of rabbiology, all right? I I don't know why, but I know the scripture says they are, and the Bible teaches they are, and we just have to believe that they are. Would you agree with me right there? Now, let let me make sure that we understand. This is not me teaching. Everything I'm gonna teach tonight, I'm going to try and back up with the Word of God. and if I say something that's not in the Word of God, I'm going to clarify that it's Robiology. That means it's my opinion. You all right with that? Okay. Uh, we see that he said in verse number 17, then we which are alive, let's, let's think about that just a minute. We which are alive, now keep in mind, this is almost 2,000 years ago when this was pinned down. We which are alive. Paul was simply saying, if I could read between the lines, Paul thought he himself was going to see the rapture of the church. Paul himself thought he was going to hear the trumpet. Paul himself thought he was going to be able to see the graves open up. If Paul himself saw that it was that bad, how much more is it you and I? How much closer are we than when Paul... Brother Anthony, would you do me a favor and would you go back there in the nursery and grab that whiteboard, if you would, and pull it out and just park it right here in front with the picture that I've tried to draw facing the sanctuary tonight. understand tonight that the Apostle Paul is saying then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Is that what your Bible says? Grab your Bible before we go to the book of 1 Corinthians and go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Just mark that if you would. Push it right back here again, the all As we go throughout this week, if you want to sketch this as we go, we're going to add on to it each night. This bottom line, if you will, is just a timeline. You see the illustration how that uh, you and I might be living back here. This might be, let's say this back here. Let's say this is uh, uh, 73 A.D. Let's say this right here might be 1535 A.D. And let's say you and I are living up here. Let's say this is 1910. And let's say you and I are living up here in 2000. What year is it? 21. This is just a timeline. Everybody understand what I've got drawn up here? You and I, living in life, we can just see what's right in front of us. We can't see the beginning from the end. But Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Can I tell you, he's the everlasting God. He always has been and he always will be. We find in the book of, help me Lord, in the book of Exodus. No, in the book of Genesis. Thank you, Lord. We find in the book of Genesis, we find that Abraham was going to offer up his... Now, I'm going somewhere, so please just bear with me. We find that Abraham took his son up Mount Moriah to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. Everybody know where I am? at? Isaac could only see what was in front of him.
1: Abraham could
0: only see what was in front of him. I believe it is... uh, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th chapter somewhere in that book we find that Isaac says Father and Abraham said Son, here am I. And he said Father, I see the wood and I see the fire but where is the burnt offering? And Abraham said Son, God shall provide himself a lamb." For the burnt offering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling already. If Abraham was walking up this side of the mountain. He could only see what was in front of him. <laughs> but God. By being back here where we're sitting. God could see both sides of the mountain. <laughs> God knew. That if Abraham kept walking in faith. God was providing a sacrifice coming up this side of the mountain. Everybody with me so far? Do you realize tonight that I do not know how my day is going to go tomorrow. But he does. How does he know that? Because he's already in my tomorrow. He He sees both sides. Of my today. My yesterday. And you say preacher. You got a Bible for that. I'm glad you asked me. The Bible simply says. That Jesus Christ. The same yesterday. Today. And forever. The Bible teaches. According to the word of God. The Bible teaches. He said I am the Lord thy God. And I change not. Well, preacher, why are you telling us this tonight? I gotta get back to my lesson, so just bear with me. <laughs> I'm getting bogged down. Where we are on this timeline, I do not know. But this dotted line, what's it represent? Let's just go right on up here. We'll fill that in for just a minute. This part of the this part of the timeline is the church age. This is the age of grace. That's where you and I are living right now. When did that start? That started back about 33 A.D. Some scholars say 32 and a half. I'm not going to argue with them. Some say 33 and a half. Let's split the difference. Call it 33. Agree we don't. None of us know for sure. Appreciate all four of you agree with me. (laughs) Right here is when this timeline started. You and I are living in the dispensation of grace. What's that mean? Right now the Holy Spirit lives in this timeline with us. We are living, look with me in the book of Acts, chapter number 1 and verse number 8. If you found that, say amen. Amen. The Bible says, let me pick up verse 7 too. It's just too good to pass by. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. What's that power that Jesus was talking about? Somebody know? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He said, but ye shall receive power. What he was saying is it's not here yet. Everybody with me? What's this? Verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, And a cloud received him out of their sight. Did everybody get that statement? And a cloud received him out of their sight. Did everybody catch that? What was it that took him up? A cloud. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Preacher, what's that mean? The same way that he left, he's coming back. Y'all remember in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? I I should have stuck one more finger (laughs) by the way this is not in tonight's lesson so look with me in verse Thessalonians 4 and verse 17 then we which are alive and remain shall be what caught up up. that word caught up is this word right here "harpazo." it's Greek The English word is rapture. Rapture. Preach what is that? To be caught up. And only the Christians are going to be caught up. Why? It's just like a magnet. The ones that are here has got something in them that's going to draw them to the source. Amen. The Holy Spirit. Verse 6, 1, is and 4, and 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Is everybody with me on that? Yeah. That is not. Thank you, Brother Rodney. Thank you. God bless your heart. That is not the second coming of Christ. All right, all right. That is the rapture. Amen. What happens, preacher, at the second coming of Christ? He comes here in the rapture he comes let me pick out a pretty bad. he comes in the in the clouds he does not come to the earth that is not the second coming is everybody with me? That's right. That is the rapture. The rapture takes place right here. This line right here will put a cloud right there. And no, it's not a sunflower. I'm not an artiste. That happens here, according to the scripture. Go with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry. The book of 1 Corinthians. Chapter number 15. <clears throat> I'm all over, I'm all over, I'm all over, I'm all over. So you pray for me that I'll get back in the line with the notes tonight. Verse 51. I want to wait a minute till everybody finds it, Brother Rodney, thank you for the stand, by the way. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51 is everybody there say amen. Amen. If you need a minute please say wait a minute preacher and I'll wait on you. Verse 51, behold, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth behold I assure you a mystery, we shall not all sleep. Let's stop right there. Who's he talking to? He said we shall not all sleep. Who's not going to sleep? We which are getting Taken up in the rapture that don't go by the way of the grave. Everybody agree with me there? But we shall all be changed. One day I'm going to put a woman on arthritis that Ajax can't take off. Amen. Some of you will get it at 2 o'clock in the morning. One day, when the trumpet of God sounds, and we which are alive are caught up together in the air, our flesh and our blood isn't going. Our soul and our spirit is going to take off this robe of flesh just like you and I take off the jacket. (laughs) This flesh is what's holding us down. Do you realize how spiritually we would be every day if it wasn't for our flesh? Amen. You realize how close to God we would be if it wasn't for the temptation of our eyes? For the distractions of our ears? One day, our flesh is going to come off. And thank God, we're going to have victory. Look with me in verse number 52. The Bible says, in a moment... In the twinkling of an eye. What's that next statement? At the last last trump. trump. Do you remember what uh, 1 Thessalonians said? With the voice of the archangel. What's going to happen? He's going to blow that what? That trumpet. Well preacher what are you saying? The trump and the trumpet are not two different things. And I hate to break it to some of you. This is not Donald J. Trump. <laughs> Hear that, Jacob? It's not Donald <laughs> J. Trump. Well, what are you saying tonight, preacher? Now, I'm picking on Jacob, okay? Some of you look, turn around and look at him. Amen. <laughs> he, anyway. <laughs> I love you, Jacob. Preacher, what are you saying tonight? All I want you to simply understand, look in the remaining part of this verse. For the trumpet shall sound... And the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we—he's talking about we, which are alive—we shall be changed. For this corruptible, how many of you know our bodies are dying every day? Yeah. Amen. For the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we—we we, we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. We are going to a land where cancer will never be. There will never be any more sickness, there will never be any pain, no more arthritis, no more death. For the former things have passed away. He said, behold, I make all things new. Right, for these words are true and faithful. understand tonight that if you are saved, this is the worst that your life is ever going to be. But if you're lost, this is the only heaven. That you'll ever know. Understand we're not going to a place to get ready. This is it. This is the getting getting ready place. Have I lost you? For this corruptible must put on incorruption. For this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption. And this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? At that day, we will have no more funeral services to go to. We will not have to go to any more graveyards uh, and put on any more flowers at the tombstones uh, understand that there's coming a day uh, when it's all going to be done. It's all going to be over uh, and it's going to be worth it all. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The death of sting, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You understand tonight, church, honey, that every time that you go to bed... You ought to be able to thank God that if you died and you're saved, if you died, you don't have nothing to worry about. One day, I want you to understand that every temptation that you struggle with down here, every pain that you're afflicted with down here, one day it's going to be over and we're going to enter into the gates of glory. Give you a little bit of Robbieology. Right now, in the book of Ephesians 6, we find that we are, according to the Word of God, we're soldiers. We have the helmet of salvation. Yeah. Yes. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have our, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Our loins girded about with the gospel of truth. We've got the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. That is the battle armor. Yeah. But one day, we're going to enter into the gates of glory and we're going to take our armor off right. because we're going to a place where we'll not have to fight any more battles. Right. It'll be worth it all. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord. Now, (laughs) I got way off track. That was just an introduction. (laughs) You pray for me. Hebrews 9 and verse 27. If you want to follow me there, follow me there. If you don't want to follow me there, then you write it down. I'm going to try to keep it around 45 minutes. I'm about 26 minutes in. But I'm just going to tell you, if the Spirit's moving at minute 45, I'm going on. Amen. If you need to go, you go. I'll sit here and preach to myself. Hebrews 9. And thank you, Brother Bill. Hebrews 9 and verse 27. Hebrews 9 and verse 27. I'm 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 trying not to give you rabbiology as much. I'm trying not to give you my opinion as much. I'm trying to give you the Word of God. Hebrews 9 and verse 27. If you found that, say amen for me. And as it is appointed. Let's stop right there just a minute. And as it is appointed. If it's appointed, you can't change it. You can't modify it. You say, preacher, they, they, uh, they're they going to bury me in one of them Michael Jackson tubes. I don't know what it's called. What's it called? Cryo tube. And they're going to bring me back. Well, they can say all they want to. But once you're gone, you're gone. Amen. Hey, man. Amen. Either you is or you ain't. Hey, Amen goes right there. Hebrews 9.27 If you've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow you have the ability to call the doctor and say hey my name is Jordan Scarberry I've got a doctor's appointment at 11 o'clock something has come up I need you to move that appointment but you realize that your appointment with death is already set Job says that your bounds are already appointed Preacher, don't believe that. Well, you're going to put me to it. I can see the book of Job. I'm coming back to Hebrews. I'm trying not to get bogged down. The book of Job. Help me, Lord. It's been a while since I've been there. The book of Job, the 14th chapter. Thank you, Lord. That looks good to me. Job 14. Everybody found that? Mm -hmm. If you haven't found it, go to the book of Psalms and go backwards. One book. Man that is born of a woman, that's all of us, is of a few days. Boy, that could be taught in our school system today, couldn't it? Man that is born of a woman is of a few days full of trouble. Mm -hmm. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down he fleeth also as a shadow, and continueth not. And dost thou open thine eyes upon such a one, and bringest me into judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Watch this, church. Sing, his days are, what's that? Determined. Determine. The number of his months are with thee, Thou hast what? Appoint. Appointest his what? bounds That he cannot <clears throat> pass. You say, preacher, I'm going to live forever. Not down here, you're not. <laughs> By the way, I don't want to. <laughs> Amen. The way my neck hurts me, the way my shoulders hurts me, the way my back hurts me, the way I can't sleep, I don't want to live in this body forever. But I got a new body, Brother Jeff, and it's going to be worth everything I have to endure on this earth. Are you with me tonight, church? Have I lost any of you? Hebrews 9 and verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, look at that next statement. But after this, the judgment. What's that mean, preacher? It's time to pay the piper. It's time to pay the fucker. Now, God willing, it'll have to be tomorrow night. Maybe. We'll see, Lord. Help me. There's two judgments that we're going to talk about throughout this study this week From for the individual. There's another judgment, the judgment of nations, that we're going to get into. Lord willing, but I'm going to throw you a curveball. There's even a, I'll call it a Two and a half judgment. Let me clarify what I mean by that. It's not listed as a judgment where we will stand before the judge. But it's a judgment where we will stand before self. And I'm going to back that up with the word of God here in just a little bit. Go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. If you don't want to go there, I'll read it. You can just jot down the reference. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 14. If you can't find the book of Ecclesiastes, go to the book of Psalms, go forward to the book of Proverbs, then the next book is the book of Ecclesiastes, or right after the book of Psalms, Solomon. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, and verse 14. Hold your finger there, Then uh, stick another finger over in the book of Romans. If you want to go there with me in just a minute, but I'm going to read this out of the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12 and verse 14. The Bible says, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. See, the things that we do in secret when nobody is around, He's God. And By the way, God keeps good books. He's never lost account of one item. He owns a storehouse. Thank God tonight. The Book of Romans, chapter two and verse sixteen, the Bible says, "In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel." Somebody say, "Preacher, that is a." quiz: When I stand before the judge, how do I know what he's going to judge me on? I just read it to you in the Book of Romans, chapter twelve, and verse number sixteen. In that day, when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, look at this statement: "According to my gospel, what is the gospel? It is the good news." of the Word of God. It is absolutely what you and I have in our hands tonight. We have been blessed that this thing was not done in a corner. We have been blessed that this thing is not open to private interpretation, but God has given us all 66 books of the Word of God from Genesis 1 all the way through Revelations, and He has given us His inherent, infallible, divine Word of God. Not the opinion of God, but the Word of God. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. The book of Matthew, chapter 13. Preach, what is it you're trying to show us tonight? Well, first of all, does everybody agree with me that we're going to be judged? Is there anybody that i have not convinced with the Word of God? Alright, now I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. If I count around this church and you are the number four, would you stand up? Just That's all I want you to do. If you are the number four, I just want you to stand up. One, two, three, four. Stand up. One, two, three, four. Stand up. One, two, three, four. Stand up. Hannah, one, Fred, two three, four. Kyrie, stand up. One, two, three, four. Would you mind standing up? One, two, three, Debbie. Would you stand up? Four. One, two, three, four. Would you stand up? This is every fourth person. One out of four. Everybody caught that? One in four. And I'm going to back this up with the word of God. We'll go to heaven. Boy, that was a curveball. You didn't see that coming, did you? I'm going to back it up with the word of God here in just a minute. That means roughly 25% of the people in our churches. That means roughly 25% of the people we work with. Now look around. You that are number fours, you're in a good group. (laughs) Look around at the other 75%. Are we really doing enough to win them in? No. All right. Before you sit down, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you can be seated. Everybody can be seated. Seven people out of this crowd is all that we were able to stand up. Rich, why are you telling us this? I want to show you something. And as we show you this tonight, if you're saved, it is your responsibility to be a witness to others. Amen. Amen. Jesus said that we are to love others as ourselves. Right. He, he said that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Remember the uh, is it an acronym for joy? Is that the right statement, acronym? Jesus of J-O-Y, Jesus first, others 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 second, then yourself last. Please don't answer this question. I don't want to see your reaction. (laughs) But if you don't put Jesus before everything else, including family, Mm -hmm. you're wrong. Let me give you a verse. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Romans told us, preferring one another with brotherly love. So we're to put Jesus first, others around us second, and ourselves last. Everybody with me on that? You say, preacher, it's hard to swallow. Let's look here in the word of God. Because I'm just going to give you the word of God and You say, Preacher, I don't agree with this. Well, it's the Word of God. You say, Preacher, I'm not not convinced that only 25% is going to make it. I think I'm pretty good. Really? Because the Bible says there's none good. No, not one. But we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, The book of Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1, if you found that, say amen. amen. The same day Jesus went out of the house, and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that when that he went into a ship and sat, and the the whole multitude stood on the sea on the shore. Verse three, and he spake many things unto them in parables. Let's stop right there. A parable is a story or a teaching an illustration that is used with modern day topics to get the point across. Mm-hmm. Everybody with me? Yep. Alright. Verse 3. Behold a sower went forth to sow and when he sowed some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them and fell upon stony places. Some fell on upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprung up and choked them, and brought forth fruit. I'm sorry. But others fell on the good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, and some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who had the ears to hear, let him hear. You say, preacher, what in the world did we just read? We read the same sower, which was the Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. sowed the same seed, which is the gospel. Mm-hmm. But he sowed it, he sowed it, on four different types of soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, nothing wrong with the sower. Nothing wrong with the seed. The gospel yeah. still works. Yeah. Jesus is still the answer. Yeah. Yeah. But the soil, you and I, Amen. we're corrupt. Look with me. There's four different seeds. There are four different soils here. Some seeds fell by the wayside. There's the first one. Everybody see that? Yeah. Yeah. That's in verse 4. In verse 5. some fell on what? Mm-hmm. Stony places. That's the second one. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, both of those that I just told you about, those seeds were cast, but didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Look with me in verse 7. And some fell among thorns. That's the third. There was only four That's 75%. That's three quarters of all four that were thrown. Three fourths didn't bring forth any fruit. Three fourths did not take root. How many times have you ever been in a church and you've seen people come to the altar claim that they got saved but you never see them in church again? Well, we're getting quiet on the same. I mean, this is right down here where I'm living. But you know what? Let's look at this last one. In verse 8. But others fail into good ground. The first seed, some fail by the wayside. That's on the surface. Some fail among thorns. That's on the surface. Some fail upon stony places. That's on the surface. Look in verse 8. There's a word, the fourth word in. Into. But other fail into good ground. (laughs) Preacher, what are you showing us tonight? All I'm simply showing us tonight is there's what, seven billion people on the face of the planet Earth. If there is one quarter of the population that will go to heaven, I promise you that's not all of America. That's not all of my neighbors. That's not all of my family. So preacher, what can we do to solve this problem? Put a little effort into preparing the soil. Put a little effort into taking the wayside that people has forgotten about those that may be homeless on the street those that are dealing with addiction that people want to look down their nose at people that want to not don't you bring it in my church I don't want to smell them. you know what we need to bring them in our church we need not to forget them because they've got a soul just like you've got a soul just like I've got a soul the world said forget about them but you know what Jesus didn't forget about them he said the world the Bible teaches that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A preacher, how can we get that soil to take the seed? Love him. Yes. Amen. Yes. Spend some time with them. Work with them. Care for them. Provide for them. When the world would say, No, sir, no sir. I don't want to take my church and you may as well go on and find you another church sure. because I'm telling you, they're welcome here. Yeah. I'd love to have them bust in here. You understand tonight that some fell by the wayside. Some fell on stony places. What's the stony places? How many have been hurt? Right. How many have been hurt? Somebody in church hurt? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Had your feelings hurt? Well, I'm not going go back to that church. Maybe y'all have never heard that. I've been there. I've been hurt. How do we get that stony soil? To accept the seed. Remember what the Lord said? He said, harden not your hearts in the day of provocation. What's that mean? In Ezekiel, he said that God would take out the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. Why would he put in a heart of flesh so it could be pliable? Two places in the Word of God. He said bust up your fallow ground. Sometimes when the earth doesn't receive the rain that it needs, it grows crusty, it grows hard, and it will not receive the soil. If you garden, you got to go out, you got to take a hoe, and you got to till it up, you got to bust up the soil. Brother Jeff, you've got to go around them tomato plants, and you've got to make sure that the water can hit to the roots. Church, understand tonight, you and I have the ability to change the soil. We've got these children that come to the house of God. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to fall. They're going to fumble. They're going to fall flat on their face. And do you realize tonight, we can't forget about them. We've got to work with them. Let's just use, Jordan, can I embarrass you? Stand up for me. Jordan, how old were you when you came to Union Valley? 15. 15 year old, snot nosed, <laughs> stiff necked, knew it all, teenage boy. Was he perfect? No. Did the church love him? Absolutely. How many of you remember his prayer request? He stood right here on a Thursday, on a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, Jordan, I believe it was right here. Is that where it was? He stood right here. The lights were out, and he was crying, and he said, pray for my mommy and my daddy that they'll get saved. Brother Jeff, would you stand up tonight? Here's daddy. Mommy, you know where she is? She's downstairs working with the kids. Amen. You understand? We can't forgive these little ones. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Thank Amen. you, Brother Jordan. understand tonight we're going to have people that make mistakes. We're going to have families that, that make a mess of things. But don't give up on them. Don't cast them to the wayside. Don't say, forget and get out of here. Love on them. Forgive them and teach them the Word of God. Amen. Amen. We've got an opportunity to change lives. But it's up to you, and it's up to me. Some grew or some fell among thorns, you know what the thorns are? The world Mm -hmm. just chokes it out. Oh, you don't want to get down there to that church. You don't want to get down there. Come on out on the boat Sunday. And when the preacher asks you, you can tell him you're out on visitation. Brother Rodney's, not not really. (laughs) Boats named visitation. So when the preacher, Jacob, you're not going to name your boat visitation, are you? i You've You are not. <laughs> <laughs> preacher, what are you saying? The world will draw us deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Right. Sin will take you farther than you ever intended right. to go, and it will cost you far more than you ever intended to pay. I've heard people that have boxed lit on the Lord. I've heard people that have fallen out of fellowship with the Lord. I've heard people that have left the church that have said, I only intended to miss one or two nights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before long, preacher, I found that the longer I was out, the harder it was to go back. Y'all understand what I'm preaching tonight? Is that pride? Oh my, yes, I believe it would be pride Brother the and you know, I think we're living in the most prideful generation Amen. that's ever been on the face Amen. of the earth. I, now, that's not biblical. That's that's Robbie's opinion, okay? Well, we are in the middle of one of the most sinful months of the year. And that's what it's called, is Pride Month. Well, there you go. I didn't even, I didn't even know that, Jason. Understand tonight the Word of God that I've given tonight in this lesson teaches that the principle roughly one in four will go to heaven. That's the principle. Please don't go out of here in a family of four and say, Family! Wow. Wow, really and brown beans, that's not what I'm preaching, church. I'm just simply saying that there's roughly 7 billion people on the face of the earth. Some estimate that there's been over 13 billion since mankind. And you think one in four. We think, wow, that's a lot. But is it really? Let's be honest. There was only seven in this congregation tonight. I don't want one person to go to hell. I've got 10 minutes. Not going to get where I thought I was going to get. Let me give you, let me give you the self judgment. This is not the judgment of Christ. I guess we'll get there tomorrow night if the Lord will allow. That's the bema of seat of Christ. God willing, the next night we'll get at the great white throne judgment if the Lord would allow. But tonight, I just want to talk to you about self, self reflection. I'm going to back this up with the Word of God here in just a minute. Self-reflection is one of the greatest tools that we have in our tool bag. If you listen to everybody else, everybody else will tell you how bad you are. And if you run around with the right crew, they'll tell you how good you are until you start to believe you're so good you don't need God. Go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians As you're going to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to read you Jeremiah 17 and verse 10. I the Lord search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doing. He said, I the Lord try the heart. The book of 1 Corinthians Corinthians chapter number 11 if you found that tonight would you say amen, amen. the book of first Corinthians chapter 11 verse 31 and I apologize I got bogged down on some uh, some things tonight I did not get anywhere near where I felt like I needed to get but I'm just going to say God you know best amen, amen. the book of first Corinthians chapter 11 verse 31 and 32 if you found that say amen Amen. for if we would judge ourselves we should not be judged but when we are judged we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the word can I tell you A long time ago. It'll be 25 years since I rededicated my life. In July, it'll be 25 years since I rededicated my life back to the Lord. That night, by God's Spirit convicting me, I judged myself. Let me explain what I mean by that. God showed me where I was living. And God showed me that if I kept doing what I was doing, I was going to keep getting what I was getting. And God showed me that he would take me back, that if I would humble myself down in the sight of the Lord. The writer said in the book of James that if we'll humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he will lift us up. Preacher, what are you saying tonight? The Apostle Paul writing to the church At Corinth, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. You that are saved, you that are born again, you have the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of your heart. Everybody agree with me on that? All right, I'm gonna try to make sure that I'm moving forward, and I haven't lost anybody. The Holy Spirit teaches us when we do wrong. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. If I sit on the pew tonight and the Holy Spirit is dealing with me, let's say I went out here and I did something. I just, let's say I went out here and I drank some beers. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Everybody hear that? I didn't. But if I went out here and I drank some beers, the Holy Spirit of God would have dealt with me before I even bought it. When I started thinking about it, -hmm. I would start having the feeling, well, I shouldn't do that. What is that? Is that conscious? No, that's the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe I need to uh, go out and just, it's been a rough day at work, I just need to get me a six-pack and just unwind a little bit. If I were thinking that way, What would be the best thing for me to do? Stop. Stop in my tracks. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Realizing that it is not God's Spirit drawing me to that temptation. But it is the temptation of the flesh. If I were to go forward and drink that beer and fall to that temptation chances are by the time I got to number two (laughs) number three whatever the case would be I probably wouldn't care what anybody thought because my senses were being altered but before I started drinking the Holy Spirit of promise started convicting me but if I stopped and I said, Lord, forgive me. Lord, what, what, what am I doing when I'm already repenting? I'm judging myself. I'm finding that I'm being drawn away of my own lust. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's all that is in this world. Solomon said vanity and vexation saith the Lord we find according to the word of God that the Bible teaches that there is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man but God is faithful through that temptation to make a way of escape you say preacher I don't have to deal with alcohol well let's deal with tobacco I know I'm moving on in just a minute we're coming upstairs we're moving in a minute <laughs> We're circling the airport, but I got another tank in reserve, okay? Good. I struggled as a Christian for the longest time with tobacco. I love Levi Garrett. Confess your thoughts one another. Pray you won't judge. You might be healed. I'm confessing. I loved Peachy. That was another tobacco brand. I love Red Man. I just loved it all. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm not saying it's wrong for you. I'm saying it convicted me. You say, Brother Jason, can I use you as an example? Brother Jason may say, well, I don't have that temptation. Well, I do. I did. Year after year after year, as a Christian, I found myself still fighting this battle. I would go. I, I was in Spencer, West Virginia. I had bought it. I had took a chew, filled my cheek full and enjoyed it and all at the same time with it in my mouth. Lord, I'm sorry. I really... I'd take that chew. I'd spit it out. I'd bought the whole coke, $2.10. Wipe it up and throw it away. I ain't doing that no more. Then it went along until just a few days. Maybe y'all don't have those kind of problems. That temptation's drawling and drawing. You walk in a grocery you walk in a Go Mart to pay for gas, and they got it right there in front of you. It's the devil. Yeah. He put it there. Yeah. Now, don't you go tell that woman to go Mart I said that. <laughs> I was in Spencer, West Virginia, at Gomart. I pulled in, uh, might have been, I believe, 1999. I'd already been back with the Lord since 1996. <coughs> it was uh, in Spencer. I pulled into the Gomart. I was wrestling with my spirit, with my flesh, all the way from Ripley, driving out Route 33. You, you know, there's two inside of us we've got the yeah. white dog and the black dog. Yeah. Everybody heard that story about the old Indian chief? The yeah. Indian chief, uh, he had the white dog and the black dog in him, and the old pastor come to him and said, Chief, how are you doing? He said, great war inside. Yeah. The preacher said, great war inside. Chief, what do you mean? He said, great war inside. He said, Chief, you're going to have to tell me what you mean. He said, "White dog, white dog, fight great war inside. And the old preacher said, chief, which one's winning? And the old chief said, whichever one I feed the most. Right. Amen. I pulled into Spencer, West Virginia. I pulled into Go-Mart right there on Main Street. I can take you right to the place on the shelf where it was. I picked up a poke of chewing tobacco, threw it on the counter, knowing that God was already convicting me of this situation. But I went forward with it. I grabbed that poker I paid for it. I went out to my truck. I got in the truck. I pulled out on Route 33. Uh, I was uh, turning uh, on 33, going out to turn on 119, I believe it was, coming back down toward Clendin. and I'd I I drive a little bit and I'd look over at that poker like it had a mind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the devil ride with you. It won't be long before he wants to drive. I went on a little bit longer and I kept looking at that chewing maca. You know what temptation does? It draws you even deeper and deeper. I picked that poke of the bucket up. I opened the top of it up. I stuck my nose down inside that poke so far I believe as some of the leaves went up my nostrils. I took a, a great big breath in. I thought, oh boy, that smells good. I know some of y'all won't understand that, but I do. And the whole time, the Spirit of God convicted me, dealing with me, saying, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Saying, you can be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Saying, I can be more than overcomers. All these scriptures running through my mind, and the Holy Spirit working with me. I'm judging myself. And at that moment, on that day in Spencer, West Virginia, the Spirit of God was stronger than my flesh. I didn't take a chew of tobacco. I wanted that brand new poker chewing up. I wrote down the wind. I committed another sin. I threw it out the window as far as I could throw it, and thank God, I've never bought another poke of tobacco in my life, but understand tonight, that day, I judged myself, and because I judged myself, I realized that I was not worthy, I realized I was not strong enough to do it on my own. I judged myself. And I came up wanting. I judged myself. And I said, God, i got to have you. He said, son, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And look at this scripture in the book of 1 Corinthians 11. I'm so to close. Sister Vicki, Sister Carmen, if you ladies don't mind, can you come tonight, please, up to the piano. I know this is... Short minute, last minute, I'm sorry. Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and he said, If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. One day, Lord willing, as we get in throughout the remainder of this week, there's going to be two judgments. The Christian is going to be before the uh, the judgment seat of Christ, or it's also called the Bema, B-E-M-A, the Bema seat, and the sinner is going to be before the great white throne judgment. Long before those two thrones, I had to judge myself, and you understand tonight that if we would judge ourselves every day and repent. Of our sins, then we're not going to have to give an account when we stand before Him as judge. Why, preacher? Why are you not going to have to answer for that sin? Because I repented down here. Because I repented when I failed to that poker That's just been one temptation, church. You understand? That's true, and that's a real-life example of what I wrestled with. But I wrestled with so many more. I wrestled with much, much more than just that poca chewing. But that example simply shows that if we'll judge ourselves we'll not be judged. When I stand before the Bema seat or the judgment seat of Christ I'll not have to stand in judgment for that poca that I bought that day. I'll not have to stand in judgment for littering on 119 that day when I threw it out. I might have to pay a fine somewhere if they they watch this video tonight. (laughs) Y'all pray, whoever gets to watch this, okay? But I won't have to stand in judgment for that decision. Because that day, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me judged me and showed me that I was wrong.